Why are you afraid to use the power of your voice? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is... Tracy Brinkman. And push it up. What is up? What is up? What is up, my dark horse friends and family? Welcome back to your weekly dose of your powerful voice learning. I'm your dark horse host, Tracy Brinkman. And you, well, that, my friend, is infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or business owner or perhaps just one in the making, right? Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips and results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. That's why I'm here hitting you with today's big interview episode. Today, Ashley Fernandez is going to be chatting with us about stealing your voice, words reflect your mindset, being misunderstood, and why only you can hurt your feelings. Man, this and so much more. Plus, I want to give you a little tease about next week's interview episode guest who took a suicide and turned it positive. As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, my Dark Horse friends and family, today's guest is Ashley Fernandez. Now, Ashley is a marketing manager for a $4 billion company turned online messaging and marketing coach. Uh, she's a certified hypnotherapist and an LP, NLP practitioner. My eye teeth just tripped over my tongue and I couldn't see what I was saying. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to be a low energy kind of episode, not uh, Ashley, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. How are you doing tonight? I'm so good. Yes. No low energy. No over low here. energy Especially here. When you and I, yeah. when you and I are talking, the energy is super high. Yeah. And we I'm have chatted so a few times and you were just saying that that first kind of discovery call where you're like, do I want to have this guy on my podcast? You were like, and I remember it. We were just, we were just riffing, having a grand old time, sharing ideas, chatting about all kinds of stuff. And you're like, man, I should have recorded this. Yes. Yes. It was such good, like oh, such good nuggets in that, in that first call. And I was like, man, this should have totally been recorded. That could have been a podcast. Episode. That all by itself, right? Okay. This was impromptu. Yeah. I love those kind of conversations. It's kind of like how I reason I kind of started doing the, the guests on this show. Cause those kind of conversations, those are, those are money. And for our audiences, yours and mine to, to kind of be the little elf on the shelf or angel on the shoulder, as we're having those conversations, they're going, ah, they're going to get their own nuggets from it. So let me hush my babbling mouth because I want you to tell your story, the good, the bad, the ugly. Obviously, there's a story there from a $4 billion company marketing manager to where you are today and you know, little as, as much as you want. And man, we'll just take it from there. 
Mm, okay, I'm a talker, so I'm just going to go ahead and forward. <laughs> I'm going to try and make this as short as I possibly okay. can. But um, I will, you know, everyone shares their kind of like rags to riches story, and they start from like the day they were born, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to bore you with that one, but um, I will say I did grow up in a household that was very poor. We were we were considered very poor. Um, my father was an alcoholic. My mother um, was not the best mother in the world. Um, is you know, the best way to say it, but basically when I was um, 13 years old, I found my dad dead, which was a very horrific um, thing for me. And it was this kind of moment in my life. Um, I actually remember the the day uh, my mother like got angry with me because I was so upset and she wanted me to speak to the cops. Um, and I just couldn't calm down. And she said, you need to calm down and speak to these cops. And I remember at that point in my life that I was like, I'm never ever going to let someone steal my voice. Like, absolutely not. I remember it was so it was just this like pinpoint in my life where um, I just decided that I was going to speak. I didn't care what people thought about it. I didn't care um, if it, you know, offended people, I needed to speak and I wasn't gonna have my voice silenced. Um, and like, that was kind of the, the very beginning. Right. And then I also was told, uh, that college was a waste of time, that our family didn't go to college. Um, and so I just said, watch me <laughs> and, um, decided, you know, to go to college and, uh, ended up climbing, you know, getting an international business degree. Um, and I minored in, uh, marketing and Chinese. So I just said, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. I am going to really show people that I can do it and share my ideas, speak my voice. Um, I quickly realized while I loved marketing, I hated corporate because again, I, my voice got silenced, right? Yeah. Creativity got stifled. Um, so I decided, you know, to go on a whim and do something completely different, which was dental assisting. I know totally random. Um, I was in dental assisting for about a year and a half and I realized I really miss marketing. <laughs> and so I started doing marketing on my own. Um, and I had created a blog and within less than a year, I replaced my nine to five income through my blog um, and building relationships. Uh, so I basically quit my nine to five, took my blog full time that turned into speaking engagements that turned into um, coaching people asking me how in the world did you do this? Um, that were, that got me into the coaching world really. And, um, what I really loved doing was helping people overcome these mindset blocks to be able to articulate what it is they did, what they were passionate about, right. What kind of fell into using their voice. Um, then I also went down the, the whole self-development rabbit hole, right? Because <laughs> I remember hearing Tony Robbins for the first time. And I was like, what is this wizardry? I want to know all about it, right? Um, so I went down the whole self-development rabbit hole. And then that's when I figured out NLP. So I ended up getting certified as a hypnotherapist in NLP and really started um, learning how the mind worked. And so I started realizing like, wow, marketing, particularly messaging, how you're saying things, the words you use, your voice, what you're speaking about mm. um, is a reflection of your mindset. So I have now kind of created this um, interesting concept to which I help people use 
like conversational hypnotherapy and NLP tactics in their own messaging to where they're eliminating objections. They're bringing in people who are empowered to work with them and not buying from a place of desperation um, and helping them kind of get transformation before they ever even sign up for their offer. Mm -hmm. Um, And this has allowed me and my clients to close high ticket sales without a sales call uh, because the content is so specific and spot on to speaking to the awareness and the the thoughts of the ideal client and then articulating your offer um, right in your content to where people are like they self-identify with it of like yeah I'm a perfect fit for this program and I want to work with you know Ashley because she speaks so different than everybody else and she actually is showing me the patterns that I'm having with my thoughts and why it's helping me get this result and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Um, I don't love the like rags to riches story. I don't, I don't even think I have a rags to riches story. I think that uh, I'm still kind of in that messy middle. And I think that's really relatable. I actually love to talk about like sharing the messy middle. because I think a lot of times people are afraid to use their voice and if they don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. So many folks are, I do think I have to agree with you. They're so afraid just to say the words, right? And it's okay when they're in their little protected group of friends because, oh, I can talk to Ashley because Ashley understands and she won't, uh, she won't judge me, right? Where the rest of the world will judge you. Well, you know what? There's probably a handful of people that may actually, yeah, they'll ju- they'll judge you, and uh, some of those folks might actually say it to your face. The rest of them may be behind your back, but at the end, who cares? What about all yeah. of those people that are out there that are like, dude, tell me what you think because you're doing what I want to do. How did you get there? What is it? You know, all these little things. Man, open your mouth, wow. use your voice is is an amazing message to to get out there. I almost yeah. feel like we have a title for the episode already, but we're we're not done yeah. yet. We we just started, right? <laughs> we just started. And, and you yeah, know, you know, um, I, yeah, I want to I want to talk on that point for a second because please. I feel like a lot of people are so afraid to show up and use their voice because they one have a fear of being misunderstood. Um, that was a huge fear of mine was so afraid of like, what would people think about me? Like, am I going to say something that can be misinterpreted? And then all of a sudden, all of these people have these like negative views, of it, right? Like that was a huge fear of mine. Right. Um, and really at the end of the day, I had to realize that like nobody has the ability to hurt my feelings except me. And let me explain that. When you, when someone says something negative about you, you might get upset, but you're not upset at the facts that they said something negative about you. You're upset at the fact that you had a thought about what they said about you. Like, I know that sounds so crazy, but I'll even use an example. Let's just say, you know, my husband came up to me and said, Ashley, you're lazy. I'd be like, whatever. I'm not lazy. You're lazy. Right. And I would laugh and I would just be like, whatever. But then I could have a random person on the internet tell me, Ashley, you're lazy. And it might sting a little bit. And I'd be like, well, who the flip are you calling lazy? I'm not lazy, right? Right. Literally said the exact same thing, but I had two different thoughts about it. 
And two different scenarios happened because I had different thoughts, right? And so it was like this moment of empowerment of like, I have, like no one can hurt my feelings except for me because I have a thought about it. Mm -hmm. And I even say when you come, when you speak from that perspective, you also have a lot of empathy for people uh, because a lot of the times people will say negative things because you trigger something in them. You're holding basically a mirror up to them, right? Yeah. And because they tend to be a very broken or hurt, like a hurt person. And so instead of like lashing back, I kind of look at like, man, I can really understand why they have that. Right. I can understand where they're coming from. And so just having that piece of like, I, I, the only person who can misunderstand me is me, right? Like I'm the only person who has the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And on another note, going a little bit deeper, a lot of the times we avoid doing something or we avoid speaking, we avoid sharing things because we are afraid of something that might happen. And usually when we're afraid of something that might happen, we're actually not afraid of the event actually happening. We're afraid of the feeling that we're going to have when that event happens. So for example, let's say I'm afraid to go on stage and speak because I'm afraid I might fall on my face. Like, so maybe I never speak on a stage. It's not the fact that I'm afraid of falling on my face. It's the fact that I'm afraid I'm going to feel embarrassed about falling on my face. So I'm literally trying to avoid a feeling, which sounds so silly. Like you're going to stop like pursuing your dreams because you're afraid you're going to have a freaking feeling of vibration in your body. That's yeah. it. Like seriously, it gives you so much power, but that was just such an aha moment. But like, wow, I am the only person who can hurt my feelings and I'm not going to let the possibility of a negative emotion keep me from doing what I know I'm called to do. You know, and, and I think I think oh my, I'm just like she's over here dropping bombs. I need I need some sort of bomb sound effects, right? So yeah. people can pay attention to it. That note to self: get bomb self sound effect. Anyway, but no, it, that's so true. And I think for me, one of the um, one of the amazing things I've been able to learn over across my fifty oh god, almost sixty years on this spinning planet. And and my wife has really helped me understand it even better, right? Like I was scratching the surface, like, oh, I get that, what you're saying, right? Oh, I'm going to feel a feeling. But she's all like, yeah, but if you're okay with you, who cares what they think, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. well, dang. Yeah, that's which is a whole yeah. nother level. But but where was I going with this? Oh my God, you, you got me off on a tangent, three tangents, and I'm I'm trying to talk <laughs> about them all at the same time. All three of them at the same time. But no, uh, for me, what it was is um, you're usually afraid of what someone's going to say to you, maybe about what you've done. Let me give you uh, a, an example, like you did uh, when I started my second podcast way back when, right? I was going to go on this whole personal development road. I had been doing it for a while. I'd done some coaching and some speaking. Now I'm going to step out into the podcast realm on this topic. So the very first episode was five, was actually 10 reasons why you should not listen to me. And it was all those things that I felt were weaknesses, chinks in my personal development armor, right? I wasn't a perfect guy. I'm still not a perfect guy. Here's some of my flaws. And if you're looking for that perfect guy, 
Do not come listen to me, right? If you're looking for someone that's got all the degrees after their name, do not come listen to me. If you're looking for someone that hasn't stumbled, bumbled, tripped, and fallen, right? You know, and I just, I laid it all out there. You know, I, I, I opened up the, the, uh, the, the mask and put it out there, warts and all. Right. I said, you're looking for someone that hasn't been on the dark side of the streets of Southern California, man. I am not your dude. And it was it was a bit cathartic, but it was one of those things. It was it was almost for me as like if I put this out here, then they really can't use it against me because I said, oh, yeah, well, I told you that from day one. Right. It was almost like a defense mechanism. But at the same time, it was me feeling right. It was me dealing with the feeling of, OK, I can avoid tripping and falling on my face on the stage by putting this up here first. And if someone says something, it's like, well, we talked about that way back on episode one. If you want to talk about it again, we can, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I actually love that. One of the, one of the practices that I do is I actually imagine myself in my worst case scenario. And this is actually what's so funny. Oh my God. I see this all the time with my clients. Let's say one of my clients are like, yeah, I want to get 10 people in my program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to get 10 people in my program. And they're feeling kind of afraid to go out and actually make that happen. And I'm like, what's the worst case scenario that can happen? Um, they're like, oh, I'll show up, I'll market, and I only get two people, or, I, or I, I don't get anyone in my program, right? Maybe I only get, I get no one in my program, I get two people in my program. And I said, so worst case scenario is no one buys. So I said, yeah, and I'm like, aren't you in that exact scenario right now? No one has bought your program. And they'll literally look at me and be like, oh, that makes so much sense, right? Well, damn. And it's so funny because, again, like what you're saying, like even using that as a defense mechanism, I always be like, I always tell my clients, imagine yourself already there and just mm -hmm. literally sit in that feeling. And I do this all the time. When I am so scared to do something, um, I imagine myself in that scenario already and like the worst possible feeling that I could feel, I will sit in it and feel it. And I know that sounds really horrible because, you know, most people, when they have a negative emotion, they either want to resist it or, you know, flight from it, like get rid of it. Right. Like they don't want, they don't want to be around it. Right. And I actually think when you said earlier, if you're good with being you, who cares? I don't think you get to the point of really truly knowing yourself and trusting yourself and being confident in yourself unless you literally experience your emotions. Because when you can experience your emotions, the whole full range of them and not make it mean something bad about you, not like resist it, um, you give, you get all the power, right? And like I said earlier, no one has the ability to hurt your feelings, but the reason why a lot of the times we give other people the power to hurt our feelings is because we aren't comfortable feeling that emotion. And mm -hmm. again, like I said earlier, we think it's because we don't want this scenario to happen, but it's literally, no, we don't want the feeling of what that scenario is going to create. 100%. And so, yeah, the emotions part, I'm like, emotional intelligence is such a really, really big aspect. And like, it doesn't just happen to you personally, like, again, I help a lot with marketing and messaging. And to me, I can read someone's content and I can 100% feel the emotion they had when they wrote that piece of content, as well as what are the thoughts they have when they wrote that piece of content. And I can also tell you what kind of person they're going to bring in with that content, mm -hmm. just from reading the words that they're using, just from reading the way that they're saying it. Um, and like kind of feeling the energy of like, 
you know, trying to show up in this desperation, um, you know, of this convincing energy, things like that. Like emotional intelligence is such a huge, huge, huge part. Um, but again, our thoughts create our feelings, right? And so a yeah. lot of people try to work on the emotion part without ever changing the thought. And that is where it gets messed up. Because if you're just trying to avoid the feeling, resist the feeling, get rid of it as quickly, or be happy 24-7 without yeah. actually feeling those feelings, um, you're just going to keep trying to take different actions to get rid of the feelings. And it's never, ever going to give you the result you want. You have to start with the thought. Um, but then also, again, experiencing those emotions. Oh, money. And w when you were, when you were, yeah. you were talking there, it actually reminded me of what I was also going to add in there that where my wife had helped me drive something home was the, um, we have the right to feel our own feelings, whatever they oh, are. Yes. Right. That, that's your, it's oh. your feeling. You know, it's, it's from your life. It's, it's from right. your, like, don't even say you have the right. You have the, privilege like yeah. that to me like yeah. the privilege to be able to feel your feelings and god it's so good because as children we are literally taught that feelings are bad right like you have a temper tantrum you're bad right like you're sad how can i make you happy let's yeah. change it you know and we never ever grow emotional intelligence so then we all grow up to adults and then we're out here trying to be coaches and strategists trying to you know bring on people's uh, emotions and their thoughts when we can't even hold the capacity for ourselves. Right. And you, that uh, what, we're, what we're talking about here was really driven home to me in a, uh, in a situation I had experienced in, in two different events. So you, 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 we shared, I shared with you the, the story about my daughter, right. Mm -hmm. And her, her passing and uh, being the manly man had been raised to be a man. Right. Um, yeah. you, 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 there's a number of things that you have to do for your family when someone passes away. It's, it's just life, right? You got to make all these arrangements and do all these things and tell all these people, blah, 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 right? So as that, I became that stoic man, right? And held, like you said, I didn't feel my feelings. And it wasn't until I was sitting watching this movie and the movie was about a father who was holding um, hostage, this room full, what well, was actually the ER room full of people. And the whole goal was to get to this one specific transplant doctor because his son needed a kidney and he was a type match for his son. So he was going to commit suicide and have this doctor take the kidney and put it in his son there in the ER room. When, when I finally came to that realization, and you really didn't know what was going on through the whole thing until like three quarters of the way in. And the moment I realized he was going to commit suicide for his son, all those feelings, I felt oh. them. They just, they just really came out. Oh, they just, they just came rushing out. And I was glad I was watching the movie at home. Right. But, uh, yeah. so, and then obviously, like I said, you know, meeting my wife and, and, you know, just being able to talk and just feel your feelings. And I'm like, yeah, I, I totally feel that now. Right. I, I get that now. And then when my brother passed away, it was like the second or third year we had been dating. I had a completely different reaction to it because. I was, uh, you know, his ex-wife calls me on the phone. Hey, you know, you know, Robbie has passed away. I instantly felt it. And I just, I let myself feel it and I just let it go. And I was able to process it 
a lot differently. It yeah. still hurt. I was going to be wrong, right? It was still painful. I still don't want to feel it, but because I was able to embrace it and, and deal with it and, and still do all the things I needed to do to, do, you know, to address, you know, a, another person's passing, it, it was night and day. Right. I felt it was a lot more healthy. And of course, this is an extreme example. You know, this isn't yeah. the, hey, I'm going to fall on my face on stage, but yeah. it kind of yeah. is, right? Because yeah. the fear is the same. We avoid so many things as a result of that. And, and, you know, putting, and, and I want to reel this background. So I'm going to do a quick mental jerk, um, putting, <laughs> putting our feelings into our content right? Is, is another way to do that, right? If you're afraid, share that you're afraid because those people will come resonate to you, right? If you're happy, be happy. If you're, if you're dealing with caca in your life, man, put that in there too, because they otherwise for me, and I want to shut up here in a minute so that you can chime in for me, if you're dealing with caca in your life and you put that in your content, well, it's going to be in there anyway, because your emotions are just going to spill out, right? Unless you have someone else write it for you. And then they come into your world and, and, or let me, let me rephrase. You don't put that caca feeling into your content and then they come into your program and you're still, in, still dealing with caca. They start feeling it and it's, 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 it's not yeah. right. They're like, oh, it's a mixed message. This is not what I signed up for. Whereas if you put it out there and they come in and they're still feeling it like, oh, I'm totally, I'm totally vibing with this guy. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. 100. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Um, it's funny that you actually say that because uh, one, I want to address that when you just share how you're feeling, people immediately feel better with that. And I'll give you an example. Um, I spoke um, at an event in April and it was the first time I had been on a stage in two years due to COVID in person, right? It's completely different speaking on stage in person than it is in like a Zoom room, right? Yeah. And I literally was sweating like a freaking pig. I was shaking. I was like, <laughs> why am I so nervous? What is going on? Right. And I, you know, I was sitting there letting myself feel those emotions. And I got on stage and I started to kind of like my voice started to shake. And I said, guys, I just need to be dead honest with you. I have spoken on a stage so many times. And for some odd reason, I am incredibly nervous right now. So if something weird comes out of my mouth, I promise I'm normal. Um, if, you know, like just kind of <laughs> laughed it off. And I said, I have sweat stains on my pits. I am a human and <laughs> we are all human. So just ignore them. You know, it was so funny. Um, but I, I just kind of let everyone know like how I was feeling. And then as soon as I said it, my whole body just kind of like shifted and <sighs> where I was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, and I kind of got a doubt. So I love that. I love, you know, sharing how you're, how you're feeling. Um, but I will say this too about using emotion in your content. I'm 100% all about being authentic in your content. Um, and, you know, letting people see the true you and how you're feeling and all of that. What I do not agree with is what is mostly seen in the industry is using negative emotion to guilt someone into mm-hmm. buying out of desperation. So let me give you an example. Most of the marketing people, most of the marketing gurus out there tell you to sell on the pain points. So they're like, dig into all the problems your idol clients have, all the the negative feelings they're having because they haven't overcome this problem, and then sell them your solution. I do not agree with this whatsoever because when someone buys on a negative emotion, it's because they had a negative thought. Negative thought comes first. Usually the thought is, this has to work. I've tried everything else. 
Well, they buy on a negative motion of desperation. Guess what? They're going to show up in a very desperate energy. Then they're going to give up eventually because when you are desperate and you try something one or two times and it doesn't get you results, you're then going to give up, right? Yeah. Then what the result is going to be, they're going to blame you, the person's program, right? Whoever they bought. And so I don't actually agree with selling on all the pain points, all of the, the negative emotions. Um, to get them to buy. I also have the amazing phrase. I say it all the time. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, that's so true. If you have to convince them to it, you're going to have to convince them through it. And when you're selling on all these pain points and you're trying to convince them that your offer is the solution, what you're intuitively doing or subconsciously doing is you're making that person wrong for all of the prior decisions that they have made, right? They're saying, oh, you've tried this. You tried everything and nothing works, right? right? You've done this, you've done that. So you're on a subconscious level telling your ideal client that you make bad decisions and you can't trust yourself. But here, I have the solution to you. I am the right person. You're wrong. I'm right. Which then you're having someone buying your program out of desperation and they're not going to show up to your program empowered and ready to take action and get the results that you need to get. So then you might ask yourself, well, what the flip am I supposed to market to? <laughs> I get that question a lot. Well, what else am I supposed to market to? If I don't market on the pain points, what am I supposed to market? I actually say market on the pattern. Look at the thought patterns that your ideal clients have and take it back to the thought, okay? Try buying several programs and not getting a result is an action, right? What is the thought that created the feeling of desperation that told them, took the action of buying the offer that they they previously bought that didn't get the result that they want. What was the thought that they had? And speak to that thought pattern, right? And try to shift that thought in your content. Now, what I mean by this is when you actually start to speak to the thought level, you're able to shift the perspective and open their eyes. And then they're like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense, right? When you give someone the gift of awareness, they get to then take on the responsibility of changing what they're doing versus you saying, oh, this is what you're doing wrong, but here, I'm going to change what you're doing, right? They're right. never, it's not going to be the same. I know that might sound like a little like woohoo, but, um, it's, it's something that I see that like you can't, I actually love to say this. You can't fight an invisible demon. I say that all the time. You can't fight an invisible demon. So if you don't know that the pattern and the thought exists, you're going to constantly be out there trying to figure out the how versus changing the thought to begin with. Because again, your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings create your action, your results. So I, I, that's my whole concept of marketing and doing messaging is, well, yes, I want you to show up and be authentic about what you're feeling. I do not agree with marketing to a negative emotion for your client, like getting them in that negative state where they're buying on the negative emotion. Mm -hmm. Because when they do back it up with logic, when they then start to go in the logic stage, they're going to second guess their decisions. They're not yeah. going to trust the decision that they made. Then again, you're going to have to show up and convince them through your program. And it's, mm. again, it's the emotional intelligence thing. Like it's, oh my gosh, I could go on and on and on and on. And on. <laughs> but it is one of the big things that I talk about in the industry, um, which is also why I don't love the rags to riches story, because where do people spend the most time in the rags? Yeah. 
they spend all the time of like, I felt so negative and this is, I know this is how you feel too. And then all of a sudden they had this one aha moment and now I'm successful. You're now listening to to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Right? It's it's that show. hero's journey, and they want to they want yes. they want to shortcut the hero's journey, right? Yes, yes, I know. I could, I mean, I could, I could go on and on and on and on and talk about this, but um, it is something I'm very, very passionate about speaking to because I do tend to have a lot of clients who come in and they'll say something like, um, "My clients, some of my clients get amazing results, and they're hard workers, but then I have other that just suck the freaking energy from everybody else, and they suck my energy." And I constantly feel like I have to hold their hand and hold them accountable, right? And again, I actually look at messaging a lot of the times. Um, I actually share this example. This happened just last week. Sure. I was at an event. I was at an event, and this guy came up to me and was talking to me and was talking about messaging, blah, blah, blah. And he said, can you give me a one-minute summary of my messaging? So I pulled up his Instagram. The first thing I saw was he was pitching his offer, and he said, um, I hold you accountable to x y and z and i was like okay and then the second was he was sharing his racks to riches story where he literally his moment of transformation was i then realized i needed to change my perspective that was like his aha moment and then he went straight into and now i own a seven-figure business blah <laughs> went on and on. i was like oh good right and um a lot of his content like he had inspirational quotes it was just like change your perspective change your life you know uh, if and then the the famous quote of like if something is important to you you'll make time for it if it's not important to you you'll make an excuse for it again right. all these like industry cliches that we yep. hear about so I looked at him and I said can I take a stab at what's going on in your business he said yeah I said hmm so it looks like you have an offer that you have a lot of clients for but I can bet that those clients results are all over the board. I also can bet that you have some clients in there who are action takers, but then others you feel like are constantly you having to over explain things. They are kind of like hot mess express. Then you, on the other hand, feel like you have to show up and do more work to help them get to the result. Not only that, you're also throwing in more work into your program because you think that if you give them more information, they'll be able to get more transformation. And you are just creating this business that's not actually going to be scalable in the long term. And he even, he looked at me and he laughed and he was like, I literally, this is a group program that he had. He said, I actually just considered last week having them do a one-on-one call with me because they don't seem to be getting the information (laughs) as quickly as I'd like them to. So I stopped and he's like, how the flip did you know that? I said, one, you're messaging, you're literally saying these things. You're not, you're not helping them get a transformation. You're just telling them everything that they already know, but you're not speaking into why they aren't implementing what they already know. And no, it's not a lack of commitment. No, it's not a lack of importance, right? We could go down that whole rabbit hole. But I asked him, I said, so question for you. He said, yeah. I said, what's your thoughts on hard work? And he like, kind of looked at me like, what? I said, what's your thoughts on hard work? He said, well, I think people who um, get successful by working hard deserve it more and appreciate it more. And I looked at him and he went, oh. And he like had this moment of like, oh. And I said, um, so what, what story in your child, what, what happened in your childhood where you thought that? And he goes, I specifically remember my dad coming home to the dinner table and saying that the rich get rich 
off of the, the hard work of poor people and that they didn't appreciate it or deserve it. Oh. And I looked at him and I said, so do you see how you're on a subconscious level? Your thought is people who work hard deserve it more, deserve success more, deserve money more and appreciate it more. So he was literally creating scenarios in his head. If the thought was, I have to work hard to prove that I deserve it. And because so I will appreciate it more. He was literally creating the scenario in his messaging of calling in people that would cause him to do more work. Oh my gosh. Oh no, 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 no. Think about <laughs> it. Isn't that nuts? Like it's this whole, this whole cycle. And he goes, Holy crap, you're a wizard. And I was like, look, your messaging and the way you say it, your marketing, it's a reflection of your mindset. So I 100% see. And of course, he was using things like, I hold you accountable because here's the thing. When you have to hold someone accountable, you are literally creating more work for you, for your client to get the result versus calling in people who are already holding themselves accountable. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and that 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 begs for the folks out there that are listening to to pause and look at their clientele, their assortment of oh. uh, of customers, right? And yeah. say, okay, if I had to look at all my customers and and maybe put a smiley face next to their name for all the customers I just love and adore, mm-hmm. I don't even care how much money they make you. They can make you a dollar. They mean nothing, but you love to work with them. And then maybe put a little, you know, unhappy face next to all the ones you're like, every time their name pops up on Instagram, messaging, text, phone, you just like, oh, you get that little cringe. That little thing goes mm-hmm. and a little right down your spine. Maybe you don't answer them right away. You answer them, but you know, so you put a little unhappy face next to them. And the ones that are just kind of middle of the ground, maybe just put, you know, that straight mouth. You just, hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And, and now, now go through those same customers and look at which ones, what is, what's their lifetime value? Forget what they've already earned you, what you think you're going to actually end earning up with them for the time they're going to be with you, whether that's a day, a month, a year, five years, whatever. And then if you looked at it, I bet you, I'm willing to bet you 80% of your revenue will be in those smiley face folks. Oh, 100%. Right? Now, there, there's going to be a good chunk. Maybe there's a, a couple of them that might be your top client, but they're an un, you know, they're a sad face folk. If you peeled them away, all that time that you would free up, you would mm-hmm. be able to add more smiley face folks. And you want to focus yeah. on those guys. Now, you know, and you're saying that just in a, a, in a totally different way. And if you all, if you had a, um, a corral full of smiley face customers you know, in, in your business, you really wouldn't be working anymore at that point, right? Because you'd be like getting up, bouncing out of bed, going, I get to talk to Ashley today. Damn. Yeah. Right. And it's so, it's so good because this is actually what I do with my clients. So even to take it a step further than you, mm-hmm. I say, where did those good clients come from? Ah. Where did they come from? Did they come from a piece of content that you created? Did they come from a referral? Did they come from an event that you met someone in person? Like, where did they come from? And what, and if it is from your content, what were you saying in that content? Mm-hmm. And what was your energy when you wrote that content? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because I actually see that happen a lot is like people tend to, again, if they have that thought, like this guy too, 
that I was talking to was marketing on Instagram. He had a podcast. He was um, he had a Facebook group. He was on LinkedIn. He was going to networking events. He was. She is not talking about me, ladies and gentlemen. Just so you know, (laughs) he was creating more work for himself, right? Yeah. But when I when I asked him, like, I actually do this with my clients. I say, who are your top five clients that you have worked with? And we literally pick every single piece of them apart. Where did they come from? Mm -hmm. If they came from a piece of content, what was the piece of content? If you don't know, ask them. Like yeah. I've literally had my clients message their clients and be like, how did you find me? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, Which you should into, know that by the way, right? You should know that. Yeah. Right? Some people, some people don't take time to do that. Right. But then also on top of that, I also say like, um, you know, what was, if you had a sales call with them, um, go back and watch that sales call and look at what, listen to what you said and look at your energy. Right. And figure out how you can really hone in on that more. Um, and then on top of that, I, within my clients, when we look at their top five clients for their program, we break them down into what assets they already had that made them a perfect fit client. What actions had they already taken previously that made them a perfect fit client? And then what abilities did they already have? Like what abilities did they bring to the table? And then my favorite one is what awareness did they mm. already have? This is the kicker. Like, this is the most important one. I'm going to give you a really stupid, simple example, but this is something I use example a lot, but people are like, ah, that makes so much sense. Let's say you're an email marketing strategist. An awareness you want your ideal client to already have is that email marketing is not dead. I cannot tell you how many times I see email marketers out there creating content that's like, email marketing is not dead. I want to say, well, Duh. If your client thought email marketing was dead, they would not be interested in hiring you as an email marketer. So it's like these type of things. What are the awarenesses that they have? Maybe they also are aware that the average open rate for emails is only 45%. I don't know if that's true. Don't quote me on that. But you get what I'm saying. Maybe they already have that awareness. You don't want someone to come in who isn't aware of certain things, right? Like, you want to figure out what it is. And then I also go on like a psychographic level. What are the mindsets? Like, and that's my whole strategy of creating content is digging into the idle client's mindset, shifting their thoughts, right? So what are some of the thoughts that they already have? And you can figure this out by looking at the actions they're currently taking and the results that they currently have, right? And you can kind of reverse engineer it. You can put in the R line. The result is they are showing up on Instagram every single day and still not making a sale, right? That could be the result, still not making a sale. Action is showing up on Instagram every single day, posting five times a day. You can see the energy of their post is not that great. Take it up. That probably makes them feel desperate. It makes them feel frustrated. What is the thought they have, right? Maybe they think I have to um, post on social media every single day to beat the algorithm. Stupid thought, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. If you maybe you're an Instagram marketing strategist, you want to change the thought of it's about the algorithm. So you can show them an example of that, right? Um, a silly example, but you get what I'm saying. You can reverse engineer, sure. figure out what are the thoughts that they currently have. Another really great way to do this is look at industry cliches that they've maybe heard over and over again but it creates a negative feeling for them. I will give you an example. 
let's, uh, the phrase work smarter, not harder. Not a bad phrase, not a bad phrase at all, right? Okay. But what ends up happening for most people is when they're not at the level of success that they, they want to reach, when they hear the phrase work smarter, not harder, it doesn't give them a feeling of empowerment. It gives them a feeling of, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm missing something. I, I, you know, so then, I'm working so yeah. hard. I must be working stupid. Yeah. So yeah, they, they have this thought of like, something's wrong with me. I'm missing something. What am I not seeing? They have the solution that I need. And like, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's kind of the, the thought that they have. And then mm-hmm. the emotion is, is desperation, guilt, um, sometimes shame, sometimes, you know, cause they're like, I don't know why I'm not better X, Y, Z. Right. So then, um, the action that they take is they're going to end up showing up and doing a lot more things. Right. Because they're like, okay, I have to do what this person's doing. I have to do this person. I have to do the real luck. Then the result is they end up working harder on tasks that aren't smarter. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. I've seen that so way like, too many times. Yes. And so for me, I come up and I like try to shift the thought of work smarter, not harder. I'll say, look, that's not a bad phrase in and of itself, but this is probably what's happening. And I'll go through that pattern. And then I'll say, but at the end of the day, what is smarter for you might not be smarter for the person you're paying attention to. Mm-hmm. This is exactly why in my program, we go through what I call my list method and we figure out what tasks you need to be doing that is reverse engineered from your offer. So you are only doing tasks that are smarter. Then they're like, holy crap, I need exactly what she's talking about. Right. And I shift their thought. I shift their thought completely on that entire phrase. And you will never, ever think of that phrase again. The same, like ever. Which, nice. yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just simple cliches. Um, and you can figure out how to kind of disrupt. I like to call it disrupt the pattern, disrupt yes. the thought, question that thought, disrupt it, right? I'm going to give you another example. It's my favorite one. And then I'll turn it back over to you. No, you're fine. I'm a talker, guys. I told you. That's I okay. This is gold. I had a client. I might have actually shared this on my podcast in our episode, but I don't remember. I had a client who um, kept coming to me and telling me she had an offer problem. And I knew it wasn't an offer problem, but I kind of entertained it. And I was like, so what do you think you need to do? She's like, I think I need to add more time to my offer. I think I need to change my price. I need to lower my price. I'm attracting people who can't afford me, X, Y, Z. And so I was like, I'm going to let her entertain this for a minute because I don't want to tell her. I want to show her the pattern, X, Y, Z. So we met a, a week later and she had pitched it like once or twice, still didn't get any people to buy it. And so I said, so, you know, what do you think the issue is? She goes, well, I, maybe I just need to create a whole new offer, right? The thought was I have an offer problem. So again, she spiraled, she started spiraling, and I need to create a whole new offer. So I looked at her and I said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. I said, so who is someone in your industry that does something very similar to you that you admire? She said, oh, Marissa. I said, okay, perfect. So let's, let's step into this scenario. If we gave Marissa your offer as it is right now, actually before you even change the price, before you add an extra month to it, if we gave it to Marissa, do you think Marissa would be able to sell it? Without hesitation, she went, her absolutely 100%. Why can't you? And I looked at her and I said, so please tell me why you have an offer problem. (laughs) And she just had this moment of like, Oh gosh, you're totally right. And I said, so what is it? And when we started digging a little bit deeper, it was because 
she had this undying fear that she would not be believed. Um, she was a movement coach who had an autoimmune disease. And for growing up her entire life, um, she had autoimmune immune disease for years. And every time she talked about it, her, the, you know, the, the scans came back um, clean, like, you know, they couldn't find anything wrong with her. And so people started to stop believing her after a while. The doctors didn't believe what she said, you know, all this stuff. Until one day she was like at school and she remembers she tried to pick up her pencil and she couldn't pick up her pencil. And she called, you know, the nurse or whatever called her mom and her mom basically looked at her and, you know, came and picked her up and she was crying and she was like, just stop thinking about it. If you stop thinking about it, it'll go away. Mm. And so she didn't believe her. And so she had this and, and it was a whole lot of money issues tied in that because medical bills started piling up. Her family right. did not have a lot of money. So all of this shame, all of this guilt, this whole story of no one will believe me, right? So we ended up, you know, talking some more and um, she ended up eventually getting diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And um, so it came to this day or whatever. And I asked her, I said, you know, do you really think you have an offer problem? She said, I'm just so afraid that if people buy my offer, they're not going to believe that I am capable of helping them heal uh -huh. from their autoimmune disease. Oh. And of course, it was like this aha moment where she was crying, but it was just this huge example of like, at the end of the day, a lot of the times we think like, oh, it's an offer problem, but it was something a lot deeper, right? It was something yeah. a lot deeper. But I shifted that thought for her. I showed her an example, a scenario. I put it in a different scenario. I call that an, an a, um, another person's shoes scenario. And that is a slide of mouth technique used in NLP. Um, but I put it in the scenario and it was almost like this aha moment. To where now we didn't need to like work on her offer. We needed to work on her confidence of truly believing that she was capable of delivering this offer to the perfect fit person. Um, which is, you know, again, why I work so hard on mindset and messaging, but it's just an example of what it looks like to shift the thought. Yeah. Right. Get down to the core of the thought. That's fire right there. I, it made me think of uh, recently I was chatting with a, a gentleman who's also a, a podcaster and his podcast is focused on parenting, parenting skills. He's a parent. He figured that's something he could chat about. He has some opinions and he's been doing it just under a year and it hasn't been going as, as great as he wanted. He says, man, if I could just get this person in some name, I don't know the names, right? Or that person who's top in their industry. I said, stop, time out, time oh, out, time out. We I all know how amazing it would be to have some big name on your podcast, right? You get that pop of interest. I've had a couple of cool names on mine and it's, yeah, it's exciting. It's fun. But at the end of the day, what is it you're trying to do? You're trying to, you know, are you trying to deliver good content to parents that will use it? Or are you just mm -hmm. trying to, you know, rise to the top? He's, well, I, I want Ooh. to help folks like I was helped. I'm like, well, then big name A or big name B or who is not going to do. Okay. Let's be honest. It might help. Right. It might give you, like I said, it'll give you that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you want to get out there with interesting information that parents need. And I said, so, have you taken a position on some of the more controversial topics that parents are chatting about today, right? 2021, mm. there are, there's a hotbed of topics out there. People are going to school boards. They're giving speeches. They're doing rallies. He goes, 
well, I haven't really addressed that. And I'm like, there it is right there. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> right. I don't even care what side of the opinion you are. Pick one yeah. and get yeah. it out there. And you will light the fires and people are going to go, man, I was talking to this. I was listening to this guy in this podcast. You should hear what he's saying about whatever your hot button topic is. And I'm not just saying, don't be, don't be sensational just to be sensational. Pick a topic that you are passionate about when it comes to parenting and do a series of episodes on it. And people are just going to feel your passion. He's like, dude, I got to write these notes down. And for me, that's the thing. Yeah. It's awesome to have a great name uh, on your podcast, but if you deliver good content, period, end of story, I don't care whether you do it by yourself or having someone like you, I have Ashley on here. Uh, You bring them, you bring the fire to the mic. People are going to go like, whew, Man, I got to share this with people. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and this is why I love you, Tracy, because you know <laughs> I'm all about disruption, making a disruptive noise. I mean, my entire brain is around farts and like no farting around and, you know, yes, disrupting yes. the. the we didn't even chat about your so farts, love, right? Love, yes. Y'all know, listen, yeah, yeah my, my, my brain's all about farts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I love the disruptive, disruptive energy. And, and, you know, um, that's another thing about using your voice, right? Like, which is really great. But I will say this too, two threads. First is, I see that actually a lot where people are like, oh, if I just have this, then this will happen, right? Yeah. And I call that actually shark thinking. <laughs> call that shark thinking because here's what you think is going to happen. You think a situation will happen then you're like, oh, I'll have a feeling. And because I have that, or I want this feeling, I'll have this feeling, I want this feeling. I think I'm going to get that feeling if I take this action. And then if I take this action and get this result, then I'll think X, Y, and Z, right? Then I'll think my podcast is successful. Then I'll think blah, blah, blah. That's shark. That is shark thinking, right? Like it is, it does not work. You think it's a little fart, but it ends up making a big old mess, right? A shark thinking. <laughs> I know. Keep on going. But um, she just sharted all over herself, that. everybody. Sharted <laughs> all over herself. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually see that happen. And, and we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but I, I would like to say it because it is something that I see that a lot of the times um, we will think that way or we'll, we'll want something like that to happen because we think it'll mean something about us. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times when we're doing something on context, trying or it's not context, but Basically, if we do something with the hope that it'll mean something about us, we aren't showing up to serve. We're showing up to seek validation. Yeah. And we think if this happens, then I am validated. And people can smell that energy from a mile away. Um, And that they can smell that crap from a mile away, right? 100%. I think there's, you know, this whole thing in our industry that like people truly don't understand what it truly means to serve. They are showing up to seek approval and to seek validation Mm -hmm. versus showing up to serve. And I think showing up to serve is again, having that emotional intelligence and also being able to speak what it is you are passionate about. When you said passion, I'm like, absolutely. Heck yes. And you know what? Using the example of my client that I just talked about, um, she worked a little bit on her confidence. And I said, so do you think that your ideal clients also feel like they don't, they aren't believed? And she looked at me and was like, 100%. I said, that is what you need to talk about. She went and wrote a post about her whole, that whole story. And I'm getting chills now thinking about it because I'm interior, because it was so powerful. And I just remember reading it and being like, I'm so freaking proud of my client right now. Um, <laughs> 
I know. I'm literally over here like teary-eyed. Right. But she basically wrote this this post about how she was not believed and how her passion was to truly hold space for her clients to be believed. And not only that, but to take back control of their life through movement, like take back control of like their body. So they didn't have flare ups anymore. Right. And that was the thing is that like, they would start to have a flare up and people wouldn't believe it. They would call them lazy. There's yeah. nothing wrong with you. You're over dramatic. There's, you know what I mean? And so she literally used that message, went out and was like, I struggled for a really long time about people believing what I said. Oh. I went to doctor after doctor after doctor. And yeah, and so we, we literally used that message, her voice, what she was passionate about. Let me tell you what, girl got like five leads off of that post. And you You're going to say, like, just you, you know, it's funny is, and hopefully anyone listening to this will, will feel the difference. You starting the story, how she was, you know, oh, it's an mm -hmm. offer problem. Oh, it's an offer problem. Had one different kind of energy. Now you telling the story of her putting that post out there, a whole different kind of energy. So if that's just the energy shift in your telling the story, imagine the real world energy shift that she got to experience by going through that whole, like you said, that, that one little movement of her, of her thought process mm -hmm. from it's an offer problem to I'm afraid to be believed. Oh my God, that's yeah. fire. And now even I'll even add this little bit too, because this was also a shift in her messaging. And I'll, I'll explain this. Before in her messaging, when she was showing up and pitching, it was very much a, this is my offer, blankety blank, blank, blank. And she kept using this phrase, the invisible disease, because most people in the autoimmune community kept saying it's an invisible disease, mm -hmm. right? And so she was attracting people who was wearing, who wore their identity as in, who wore their autoimmune disease as an identity. Mm -hmm. And because they wore it as an identity, they thought they could not do anything about it. They right. could not change it. So she was getting people interested in her offer who weren't ready to invest in getting help and who just literally thought like they just wanted to stay in their pity party. Right. And when she shifted and saying, um, I didn't get believed. And I finally had this doctor who diagnosed me. And then I started finding these holistic doctors, blah, blah, blah. Just shifting it to, to talk about being believed. She started to attract the people who were already out there trying to overcome their autoimmune disease mm -hmm. and didn't really wear it as an identity, but they were so like, they were trying to get people to believe that they were capable of overcoming their autoimmune disease. I know it sounds like really weird, but no, it's shifting that one. It's the, brought in a completely different client. Yeah, you know, it's funny is that's one of the things I, I, I talk to, uh, I say on you so many times that usually the folks that you are called to serve are you yesterday or last year or yes. two, five, 10 years ago, right? Because you know them inside and out. And, and the minute you embrace, we're coming right back to it. The minute you embrace who you are dealing with your emotions, yes. right. And addressing the, the messaging, the, the, the subliminal messaging that you're not putting out. Just what is what I hear you talking about mm -hmm. here. Yeah, then I, then I you can pull it, them in and you can help them. Yeah. Yeah. I call it conversational hypnotherapy because you are literally using words that are are triggering wires in the brain mm -hmm. that they're like, Oh, and it, it gives a whole different, you're basically yeah doing hypnotherapy with their eyes wide open. Nice. Um, and you're right. Do like 
figuring out who you are. There's one quote that I love, 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 love. I heard this first from a lady named Stacey Bainan. And she said, it is the who before the how. And oh, I resonated so much with that because a lot of the times people are out there trying to be like, what do I say? How do I get this success? How do I make a sale? How do I do this? How do I X, Y, Z? And a lot of the times they'll buy programs, right? Expecting the how. But if they're not capable, if they're not the person capable of implementing that how, it's never going to work for them. Yeah. And so it was like, you have to do your thinking first. You have to literally spend time with yourself, get to know yourself. And what's crazy is like, that's the work that I did. People are asking me like, well, how'd you get messaging? I said, I honestly, I mean, there were, actually I heard this. I was listening to an Instagram video. I don't even remember, but she was talking about how she started looking in the mirror and talking to herself and how awkward it felt. And she asked herself, why was it awkward? She said, because I was so uncomfortable being with myself. Ooh. Ooh. And we are taught as children that being alone is bad, right? Because think about it. When you're sent to your, when you go to your room to be alone, it's because you were punished. Right. Or you're a loner. (laughs) You're the weirdo in the in the school, right? Right. And so we're literally taught to not be with ourselves. But the only way we truly get to know ourselves is to be with ourselves. Yeah. Right. To stop and be the watcher of our thoughts, to feel our feelings, to question to what other people say about us. Because again, like, like I said earlier, you, you no one has the ability to hurt your feelings except your own. If someone called me lazy. I could be like, do I think I'm lazy? I know I'm not lazy, right? right? I know I'm not lazy. So that that does not even affect me, right? So literally just taking time to be with yourself. And that was the work that I did. And then I started realizing how I was showing up and I was attracting, I was saying things differently and I was attracting clients at a completely different caliber that I really wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. Then when we started working on their mindset stuff, I'm like, mm, I can totally see how you're projecting that in your messaging and you're calling in this person, right? Not only that, but I also use sales psychology, you know, all those different things, right. not completely mindset, but it is, it, there is, you know, some use of language and communication and all that. But yeah, that, like when you say you are most capable of helping the person who you used to be, I actually struggled with that for a long time because I was like, I'm helping people with messaging. I really wasn't the person who had a problem with messaging. I was the person who had a problem with knowing who they were and then being able to help people Mm. in service and articulate how it was I helped using my voice. That is what I used to struggle with. That was the person I used to be. And I realized that just the way that I am helping other people do that is again, uncovering their mindset and then also looking at the mindset of their ideal clients. So they have the emotional intelligence to hold space for themselves and hold space for their clients and be able to give an offer that is bringing in people who are perfect fit for it. So, yeah. And, and you know, one of the things <laughs> I, I, I will generally ask folks like yourself when they come on this podcast is uh, what's the, what's a number one tip you would give or number one marketing tip. I think this whole episode has been nothing but oh, tip yeah. after bomb, after tip, after bomb. And so uh, folks are going to have to go back and listen to this one again just to yeah. absorb all of it in. So 
definitely. But I know I tend uh, to I tend to water hose. <laughs> that's okay though. That's you know, that's who you are, and I I love it. I think it's amazing. So. I, I want to be mindful of your time. We've been riffing here for about an hour already. Yeah, we have yeah, been riffing. Been yeah, it's starting to get it. dark where I'm at. I'm over here like, man, it's starting to get dark outside. I am. So uh, if folks want to learn more about Ashley and sharding and the whole nine <laughs> yards, <laughs> where do we want to send them to? Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, it's funny. People call me the fart girl. I'm literally known as the fart girl. And I'm like, you know what? I love that. I don't even care. That is like the best. I want to wear a crown, the fart girl. Um, mm. I, you can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram. Literally, it is Ashley May, M-A-E Fernandez on all platforms. I do have a Facebook group. I actually, um, I had one last year and I shut it down and then I missed it so much. So I was like, I'm going to start a new one. So I actually just started a new one about three weeks ago. Um, so you can come join me there. And it's just facebook.com slash groups slash with Ashley May Fernandez. So with Ashley May Fernandez. Um, so yeah, and then I have a podcast, which Tracy has been an amazing guest on. Um, when you were saying earlier, like, yeah, it helps have a big name. And I was like, you're my big name on my podcast. Tracy. <laughs> so, anyway, so excited for that. But yeah, my podcast is called No Farting Around. Um, and we are all about taking your marketing, your messaging, your business from the toilet to the bank. Um, and I feature industry disruptors like Tracy and some other amazing people um, where we actually talk about things that are, you know, disruptive in the marketplace and, um, yeah, how we do things differently and shifting those perspectives. It's one of my favorite things in the entire world to do. I'm so happy that I started a podcast. I love it. But those are the places that you can, you can find me. Um, yeah. Cool. I, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that all those links are down here in the show notes so people can just go click Perfect. and get right to you and, and check you out. And definitely you're going to check out the no farting around show because she is the <laughs> fart girl, right? And, and I am the fart girl. Farts are fun. You know, it's funny is after uh, we did our little, uh, I think it was the discovery session and you told me about you being the fart girl. I had to come home and chat with my wife about you because Farts are funny <laughs> as hell in this house, right? Some, oh, it, me too. It, so it, it just became this natural conversation like, okay, you're going to love Ashley because she's the fart yeah. girl. <laughs> it's it's so funny because I am, um, when I spoke, the last time I spoke on stage, I actually told an entire fart story about how my sister and I were little and I like did a front roll over her head. I farted in her face <laughs> and everyone, you know, roared with laughter. And I said, this actually had nothing to do nothing to do with what I'm talking about today. I just wanted to prove the point that it doesn't matter who you are, how much money you make, where you come from. Everyone thinks farts are funny. Are funny. And, you know, everyone was like, yes, you know, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, <laughs> um, I never thought farts would be a lucrative thing, but here I am building an entire brand around farts and I would not have it any other way. Oh, that's amazing. Ashley, I, I definitely want to drag you kicking and screaming back onto a show probably in about six months or so uh, and, and just kind of catch up with you, see what uh, what new uh, fart jokes you might have or anything else. <laughs> yeah, would love it. I'd be so right. happy to come back and share anything else. All right. Thanks so much, Ashley. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. All right, my Dark Horse friends and family, there you have it. Ashley Fernandez dropping some marketing bombs on us. Whew, what thoughts resonated with you? Hmm? Yeah, let me give you a handful that resonated with me. And there were so many, so I'm not going to, I would have probably do a whole nother hour podcast on just 
all the bombs that she left that resonated with me. But let me leave you with these four. Thought number one, stealing your voice. Ashley decided that early in her life, she was not going to allow others to steal her voice. She stepped up and decided that she was going to speak. She wasn't concerned about whether other people thought about it, but she was not going to have her voice silenced. Here's the thing. So many allow situations, events, hell, even politics to silence their voices. And then <laughs> later they wonder why they no longer have control of their lives, their businesses, their relationships, you know, no longer have that control that they once thought that they had. Now, mind you, here's the thing. Ashley wasn't out there spewing hatred or any such thing, downtrodding those kinds of messages. No. So let's not get it twisted, right? Her not caring, excuse me, her not caring what other people thought was not a reflection of her not caring about other people. Quite the opposite, actually. And I even want to dig a bit deeper on this one. So, because, you know, here's the thing. There are varying levels, or even, dare I say, varying colors, varying shades of communication. Some people think in business and in relationships that you have to be sneaky and manipulative, even cunning, right? But here's the thing. In reality, it's much easier if you're just straightforward. So I want to share my thoughts on this in episode 323, The Four Shades of Effective Communication. Thought number two, your words reflect your mindset. And you could also say you, you want to align those perfectly with your prospect, right? Uh, given the, the business piece of it. Ashley hit on a really almost magic insight when she realized that marketing and the words that you use in your messaging it's really a reflection of your mindset. And if your mindset is not in the right space for bringing in the things that you want in your life, you know, money, prospects, clients, even those close relationships that we need at so many levels, then your mindset is a piece of this. Now, she, had cre she has created a, a method of messaging that creates a feeling of empowerment for the prospects. So they, they come in wanting to work with you versus where they're coming in from a place of, say, desperation, right? It's two completely different types of prospects, if you think about that. There are two completely different mindsets in there. You, you agree with that, right? I, I, I can feel you nodding your head. So... Let's talk about your mindset for a moment. I believe there's a healthy amount of, let's call it negative thinking, that we have to have in our life, right? I'm, I'm Mr. Positive. I like to think. But there's, there's a healthy amount of negative, thing, uh, negative thinking you need to have in your life. It keeps you from putting on those rose-colored glasses and think that everything is hunky-dory no matter what's going on. But on the flip side... You could completely obsess on the negative side of things. And I'm going to chat about that and dig. We're going to root around about that a bit more in episode 324. Negative thinking. Stop obsessing and start succeeding. Thought number three. Being misunderstood. Okay, we can all connect with this one, can't we? Once again, I, 
I can feel you nodding your head. I mean, we've all had that moment where we were able to utter some words of wisdom, but we paused because we thought we might be misunderstood. And here's the thing, sadly, I think the events of the past couple of years have made this fact even more real of an issue, right? Think about it. If you're a white male right now and you have an opinion that's contrary to the mainstream, you could almost instantly be labeled a racist. Huh? I, I'm, hey, I'm probably going to be labeled a racist for just saying that. Here's another one. If you're a concerned parent that goes to the board meeting of your child's place of learning and you voice an opinion opposite of those sitting in the chairs behind the, that board, you could be painted a domestic subversive. Yeah. And that fear, let's be honest, has kept many people from voicing their thoughts, concerns, and opinions at all these meetings. So wouldn't it be a natural assertion that if you don't have the cojones to stand up for your own children, that you'd be far less likely to stand up for others, say like your clients, or maybe those that aren't even your clients yet, like your prospects, because you might be misunderstood. Here's the deal, right? If you don't stand up, if you don't use your voice, you are sending a message to your prospects to your clients, to your employees, and yes, even to your children, right? Here's the thing for me. I would much rather stand up and speak my mind, share my thoughts and wisdom and experiences in the hopes of educating those I am speaking to than risk being misunderstood and risk being misunderstood, right? Then not uttering a single word and allow them to assume that they know what's best for me, for my business, and for my family. So here's the thing. You gotta get up there. You have to stand up. You have to speak your truth to your prospects, to your clients, to your family, right? And those that impact each of every, and every one of them. And if they misunderstand, then stand up and speak and clarify. Boom. Thought number four. Only you can hurt your feelings. Ashley shared an extremely valuable point here, one my wife and I have discussed a number of times and agree 100%. If you tell me a fact or even a thought you're trying to portray as a fact, only I can let that fact hurt my feelings. You do not have the power to control my feelings unless, of course, I hand that power over to you. Hmm? Now, for me, this was honestly a long hard fought lesson. Once upon a time, I handed my power over my feelings to others in the past. <laughs> and let me tell you, the power was abused and misused time and time again. It was not until I learned this lesson and took it to heart was I able to hear the facts and learn from them, right? At that point, right, once you, once you understand this, when you hear those facts or even those facts that, that are just other people's opinions, you can, at that point, you can weigh them, you can process them and reply to those opinions without heated emotions or even upset stomachs, huh? because at that point, you're in control of your feelings rather than handing the power over to those to use at their discretion. 
Now, I know this is a tough one for some to swallow, and I'm not going to go into a whole other episode on this one. Maybe I'll do it sometime, but it's very, very true. Only you can prevent the feeling fires. So with that, you need to be your own Smokey the Bear and get rid of the tinder in your emotional forest, right? So know that no, there's no way that someone's going to come along and toss some opinion-based match and light you up. Phew, man, there was just really so much in this episode. I would really encourage you to go back and listen to it again. I, I know I'm going to, even after I've just listened to it again in this editing session. But here's the question. What inspiring ideas, tips, or thoughts resonated with you? Hmm? Whatever they were, I want you to take a moment and write them down. Really, you, I say it all the time. If you could do it right now, take that moment right now and write down that one idea or thought or tip that just kind of clicked with you, made you go, oh, I totally get that. And then get out there and put it into action. Get out there, run your race, get your results, then come tell me about it. That's it, really. That's why I put my email out here. Email me at Tracy at DarkHorseSchooling.com. Share the tip or idea that you came away with, how you put it into action, and what results you got. Heck, bring you on the show and let you share your success story with my audience. All right. Now, next week, right, we have an awesome interview episode guest, uh, Kristen Stovall, who took the terrible tragedy of her husband's suicide and turned it into a creative positive. Yeah, there's some real power must be heard here. Now, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and inspirational stories from the guests I'm lucky enough to bring on. So please go on down there, hit that subscribe button. And hey, as long as you're down there, go ahead and drop us a five-star rating. Leave us some kind words in the reviews. Ask questions. Leave comments, share your thoughts and opinions. You're not going to hurt my feelings, right? And of course, do not keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know would get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.